Hi, I'm Beth King from King's Funerals in Geelong, and I'm here to chat about Womble, our funeral comfort dog, on Never Just a Dog. This is amazing to have you on, Beth, to talk about King's Funerals and also Womble, the grief comfort dog. Let's go back a bit. Tell me a bit about the history of King's Funerals. So King's Funerals, um, I'm third generation in my family to work in the business. It started with my grandparents, uh, Madge and Max, and then my father, Michael, and Mother Louise um, also worked in the business. And I came in a little bit it wasn't uh, sort of guaranteed that I would. So I spent my 20s um, doing other things. And then yeah, things just came together and an opportunity came up and um, I gave it a go and, and really loved it. And it's it's great to work at a place where you know the work you're doing is really has meaning and, and is bringing something valuable to, to the clients that you're serving. So yeah, it's a very brief background to King's Funerals. You've got quite an extensive team working with you now. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got about 27 people, I think, on our team, and it's a sort of even spread of full-time, part-time, casual team members. And a lot of that is to do with how many people a week we'll need to look after. So that's where our casual team is really valuable to us, that they can um, you know, all come in when, when we really have a lot of people to look after. And then at other times, it's it's a little bit quieter. Do you have a history yourself with dogs going back? Yeah, we had a Ruby Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, our family had. So that was when I was sort of an older teenager towards the end of high school, uh, we got him. And so I was sort of away for the middle of his life in my 20s, living in Melbourne and overseas. And then I came back and moved back in with my parents for a year or so, which was right at the end of his life. And he was just a, a, like, you know, cabs, like they're just sweet little creatures. And he lived to, I can't remember, about 12 or 13 and, you know, had some health issues at the end. And so I was kind of his carer of giving him his morning and evening multiple tablets, you know, wrapped up in um, in things things that he liked to eat to trick him into eating it. Yep. And, um, but at ahead, he liked having that, you know, attention as well. And, and love so that was yeah that's my main sort of uh, experience with with having a pet who wasn't you know strictly my own but you know we had some intensive times together and and um, right up to the end of his life let's talk about Womble with King's Funerals what was the drive and how did it happen that Womble came to be a crucial part of your organization so with having a funeral comfort dog, it's a concept we'd come across in the US when I was over there for a conference about 10 years ago. And I just thought that sounds really great. And it, and it's absolutely something that I could see working here and, and being appreciated and, and valued by grieving people who are coming to arrange funerals and attending funerals. So we had that idea there um, back as I said about 10 years ago um, and then there's also a local charity called Cherished Pets Foundation who 
we went along to a uh, Dying to Know Day event together maybe five years ago and they had a, a therapy dog there called Snowy who was just a beautiful gentle Dalmatian who was just really suited to just connecting with people approaching people who who needed support the most and so I saw that in action at that event and started talking um, with Alicia who is the vet who started um, Cherished Pets and so I started having conversations with them and so it took a couple of years of just working out exactly what would be the right fit and and how do you find a dog that has that kind of personality and is particularly suited and her suggestion was for service animals in training who don't meet the really stringent standards as as many of them don't that if if a dog is going to be you know responsible for the safety of a vision impaired person there's a range of of really high level uh, standards they need to meet and Womble was in training as a seeing eye dog didn't quite uh, hit the mark on one of the areas but during his training they identified he just had a really beautiful personality and could be really suited to this type of work so yeah so ended up connecting with us and yeah came came to be a funeral home comfort dog he had different type of work to do yeah i think i would have if i was a labrador i would fail at everything miserably apart from <laughs> lying by the fire and um, just eating food i think i'd do well at that yeah well um yeah but wobble is still a labrador and he still has yeah, he get when he's off the clock, he he likes just being a dog, and um, uh, and he lives with one of our team members, uh, Joe, and her family, and and has a really sort of relaxed life there, and and that's a really important part of it. What does his day look like? So when he has been requested by a family to attend a funeral, he'll come in in the morning, usually a couple of hours before the funeral starts, and be back in the office to start with so he'll sort of wander around and just you know say hello to everybody and maybe have a sit down um, he's got a couple of you know little toys that he might have sitting with him or and or beside him and then when it's getting closer to the time he'll have his jacket put on and and be let out that uh, we've got a number of different venues so if he's working at our head office at the chapel we have there it's a very you know easy trip to to get to the funeral but otherwise if he's going to another location he'll be um, taken in the car out there and and be there to greet people when they're arriving at the funeral and and during the funeral he'll usually either sit at the back uh, or he might have connected with one person in particular and might sit beside them yeah then at the end he um goes home with mum <laughs> joe who he lives with whenever she's finishing up for the day um he'll head home with her and yeah have have a rest and cuddles with with her kids and, and whatever else he's got on for the evening does it mainly children or adults that uh, womble goes up and sits beside them they feel the comfort and you can see them stroking his head is that how it works um yeah he it's a sort of a mixture of he's intuitive and he knows to approach people who are maybe, you know, looking the most in, in need of support, but also a lot of people who love dogs might be giving him quite obvious cues of, you know, reaching their arms out and, uh, and wanting to patty him. And so, yeah, it's a mixture of just depending on 
the you know who who the people are there and, and how many of them are you know wanting to connect with him the most definitely with children there have been a lot of occasions where one or more children have particularly connected with him and he is yeah spent some time with them and yeah he he enjoys that and and it's also a way for a lot of people aren't comfortable uh, at funerals but for children in particular it can be quite an unfamiliar sort of environment if they haven't been to a funeral before which hopefully many children haven't that they haven't had people close to them who've died and uh, so again that can be a way to sort of break the ice we've also got some little womble um, stuffed toys that we can offer as well to children who come along to to take take back with them and, and have something a sort of positive memory of the day in the context of something that you know is quite sad for them is it something that you preempt with people when you're arranging the funeral uh it's absolutely something we have the family request so it's not you know funerals are a really you know important event for people and we wouldn't want them to be surprised by suddenly um a dog being there and if that was something they wouldn't welcome so it's we've had information about him that we provide to people they're arranging funerals and and they can request him as part of the arrangement or even afterwards sometimes it's you know the next day they might call and check and say oh we've thought about it and is he free to come along so for the people who want him there, they really appreciate it and, and find it's a, you know, just a lovely extra element to the day. A lot of people feel, you know, a sense of dread about funerals and we can't change the fact that, you know, somebody's died and, and that you're there remembering them. But if his presence can help some people to remember the day of the funeral with a bit more ease, then that's something wonderful and I, and I hope what we can do to to try and, and help that be the case for more people. Tell me the story of Bernie Maloney who passed away I believe in 2021. He was a long-term team member of yours. Yes and he was also actually so I've known him since I was born. He was friends with my father, went to school together and and then started working with us in the 90s and yeah it was coming up uh, 25 years when he yeah, very sadly died suddenly and it was a really you know shocking thing for us and and we knew he was you know maybe about a year off leaving our team through retirement so we'd been preparing ourselves for a time in which he wasn't working with us but we yeah we obviously had never expected or or you know it's just not fair that he didn't get to enjoy that retirement that that's not the way we wanted him to go how was the effect on on the team can you afford some time off so you can just catch your breath yourself with such a big loss yeah it affected all of us some of us had worked with him longer than others that but it's still always shocking when uh you know in your workplace suddenly a colleague has died and 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 working through that but um yeah, we didn't. We can't really stop because we still have other bereaved families to look after, and we so we we kept working through that and and serving those people. Pretty much all the team were able to attend his funeral the um, the day that we had arranged it, and we had a 
funeral director from Ballarat was very kind to come down and um, look after our office while we were there. So she was answering the phones and answering the door so we didn't have to leave somebody behind to sort of keep keep working while everybody else was at the funeral. Uh, so, yeah, we just tried to include people and, and to have some, some rituals for ourselves as well as for uh, the sort of main funeral element across the week or so between when he died and when the funeral was and and it just you know had his anniversary was just up a month or so ago and we we had made a point of you know connecting that day and and having some nibbles and drinks after work and one of our team who had worked with him you know for over 10 years he was actually had just gone on holiday that day so he couldn't be at the event but what he did do was he came into work at 11 o'clock at night the day beforehand and made a cup of coffee and some sandwiches and left it on the table in the kitchen uh, so that when we came in in the morning he and he wrote a, a letter sort of in sort of Bernie's handwriting of saying oh can you can you heat this up for me <laughs> when I'm uh, when I'm in so Betty was notorious for just making cups of coffee and then leaving them for hours and then putting them in the microwave and, um, and drinking them again. So it was, yeah, it was a lovely sort of touch of um, <laughs> remember him, him that way and some of his imperfections. <laughs> but, um, Womble's involved with the Cherish Pets Foundations. I understand that organisation is there to support a companion pet ownership, especially with elderly pet parents. Yeah, so as we said, Cherish Pets uh, Foundation is is how we managed to have Womble come to us and we support them through their bereavement space and their uh, reflection space that they have. So that um, opened up last year and uh, Womble hasn't spent a lot of time sort of visiting the space in his honour just with lockdowns and, and having the opportunity to get in, but we're having a morning tea shortly. And yeah, it's just part of supporting the community and, and it's, it's a really great organisation, just that supporting vulnerable people, particularly elderly people, to be able to maintain having companion animals with, as they're getting older and, and it's a, in a variety of ways. So if they need to go into hospice for a short period, then somebody cares for their pet and if they need assistance with paying vet bills that's a part of it as well so it yeah it's great to see that elderly people can continue to be pet owners if they wish to and to have that time together and on the other side it's also as the pets get older and reach their end of life it's supporting the owners and the animals through that. So you've got a pretty strong presence in the community we are part of the community and, and we want to support them in a, in a variety of ways. So we've got quite a bit of connection with sporting clubs and a lot of that is through my father's interest in cricket. So he formerly is a player but also is you know, a volunteer board and president of the Geelong Cricket Club and, and uh, a number of football clubs as well, bowls clubs, but also other parts of the community. So the Geelong Arts Centre is doing an amazing redevelopment um, at the moment and so we've been speaking with them about supporting that hospital um, St John of God and a few other places we've supported 
uh, over the years. So it's yeah, it's just something that we we think is important to do, and that it's it's a nice way to connect with people and to be to be able to provide that support. And there's one football team in particular, or one women's football team that you support strongly, the Geelong AFL women's team. Yeah, it's well, it's a real privilege and honour to be able to support them, to to have AFLW as a competition and to have Geelong be admitted as a team a couple of years ago. And so, yeah, we've been supporting them since since they started and, and it's just wonderful to see women get opportunities to be semi-professional athletes and to see how hard they work. And, yeah, I, I just love it. Uh, and Geelong, obviously, but the whole competition is it's great. What's with Geelong snavelling up one of my podcast guests, Michaela Bowen from Western Australia? She's now I was joined. I'm excited to see that. I think she's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. I think it's great that of all the people she could have chosen in Victoria um, and all the clubs, she chose Geelong. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, she'll love it over there. And shout out, Michaela, if you're listening. Beth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And I always like being able to show people that it's not it's not scary to talk to people who work in funeral companies and that it's obviously the work that we do is around, you know, things that people don't want to happen and they would rather not be our clients. But when you get to to talk to anyone who works in, in the funeral sector, they're just great people and really interesting uh, and I'm not I'm not just saying this about myself I'm saying about all the people I've met over the years that it yeah we, and we always welcome people wanting to learn more about whether it's you know Womble or whether it's funerals in general or end of life and I think it's it's a really positive thing to talk about and if we can help people reach when they reach a time that they need our services if it doesn't feel as overwhelming and confronting for them to do that. I think that's great.